What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Game Podcast. I am Matt Primo, joined by Chris Norman. What's up, everybody? And every week we are here to talk about games, but we also cover all kinds of nerdy shit, anime, comics, uh, movies, music, and also, this is the first time. The first time I'm in the in the new studio, and it's not finished yet. I still got to get my bookshelf. I got all my pictures fucking ready to go, man. They're fucking framed uh, with the exclusion of one. Uh, so it's going to look fucking nice up in here. It's going to look nice. I even have uh, an old camera that I might be uh, changing to. It's going to look even more, more crisp in here as well. Diablo poster looks good enough by itself. <laughs> right? My wife's like, are you going to throw that away? No, never. And she's like, um, you're bringing the devil into our house. I'm like, no, this is kind of like a wanted poster. You know, you want wanted posters everywhere so you can kill the demon. All right, you have I feel to be like, aware. Yeah, I, I feel like this is a, a service to my community at this point. Knowing is half the battle, Tina. Come on. Ex exactly. Exactly. Well, guys, this week we are here to talk about, well, Final Fantasy 16. Tears of the Kingdom, and we're going to go over the uh, the recent Nintendo Direct that happened uh, last week. Uh, I recorded an episode last night with, with Christian and Dan. We talked a lot about Diablo. We covered the Xbox Showcase. Y'all getting two episodes this week because we didn't have any episodes last week, but that's neither here nor there. You're getting two episodes this week. <laughs> and uh, nope, no playlist again on this particular episode just because we have so much to cover. And I mean... The two games that we're talking about are pretty much the, the games that we've been playing. So I'm ex very, very much excited to to talk about these games. Now, I just want to go ahead and say it just right off the bat. We are not going to be talking spoilers for Final Fantasy 16. Uh, I'm only about three hours into the game itself. Um, last night, I had an opportunity to play it, but I decided to play Tears of the Kingdom. I just wanted to chill in bed and play on my Switch. Um, I worked 48 hours over the weekend between Saturday morning and last night. So, Oof. I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really feel like doing it, but no spoilers. We're going to be talking about anything that uh, has been like mentioned in the trailers or like game specific, like mechanics. We'll talk about that shit. Just anything that you can find in, like a normal review. We will talk about, uh, but yeah, no spoilers. Um, so Sir, you ready to start talking about Tears of the Kingdom? I, I know that you have put in a lot of time into that game. Yeah, one could say that. Uh, listen, that game came out at the perfect time. All right, It came out when I needed a game to escape to, and it also came out when I just happened to have a lot of free time in the, in the imposing future to put into it. So I did finally complete it in anticipation of Final Fantasy XVI. And that was at about 120 hours, but I've probably put 10 or 12 more in it, just literally just dicking around and doing stuff that I missed on the playthrough. So I'm probably sitting at about 130, and I am not even remotely bored with it yet. Like, I just the game is absolutely phenomenal and incredible in every aspect. I agree. So I'm, I'm like 45 to 50, I think, at this point. Uh, I fell off, but it, it wasn't because of the game itself. It wasn't because I was playing other games. It's it's strictly because I've been so fucking busy 
here lately uh, with work. <laughs> I told you uh, a couple of days ago, I said, dude, I'm about to either have a lot of free time or no, no time whatsoever. And let me just say it was no time whatsoever. <laughs> it was no time whatsoever, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no time. Um, so like I said, I put it probably about 20, 30 minutes into it last night. And I was just, I was ready to go to bed. I knew I was gonna have to wake early to to record the episode with you today. And I was like, I'll just fucking go to bed. So at this point, I'm kind of just, I'm fucking off, but I'm not fucking off. If that makes any sense. I'm mm-hmm. not doing any, I'm not doing any story or main quest. I'll go out and do some side quests if I get, if it sounds interesting or um, like I went to, was it Gerudo? The, the bottom left, the uh, mm-hmm. where you got the, the desert. The, yeah, the desert. So I, I went there for like 30 minutes and I was like, eh, I'll come back to it. <laughs> this doesn't seem like all that fun. <laughs> I'll come back. So now I, I'm kind of making the conscious, conscious decision to go find a lot of the armor that mm-hmm. that the game has to offer. Uh, so I'm looking at, I'm trying to get the barbarian set right now. I got one piece of it. I had a, I had a cave saved because I went to it the very, very early in the game. And I put a little star beside it to, for me to make sure I go back. And I forgot how fucking tough that cave was. Uh, the, the, the <laughs> first, the first set of the barbarian armor is in there. And, uh, I eventually made it through there. But I had to use a lot of bomb arrows <laughs> to, to do it. Oh, the 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 quest cave that Misko's Misko's treasure quest, where that lady gives you three of them, and the barbarian armors in one of them, pretty close to the castle. No, this is uh, next to uh, Hatino oh. Hatino Village. Oh yeah, okay, all right, different piece. Got it. I don't yeah, remember the cave. The, yeah, it's got like the uh, you know the wall climbers. I, I, don't, I don't know what the fucking names are. Uh, moblins or i don't know what the fuck they're called the the, and then you go further into the cave and there's fucking more enemies and there's this big old there's a there's a talus in there and you have to kill him and then you have more enemies i'm like god damn dude can we fucking stop (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i've I've done so many of the caves i don't remember specifically which one that is but some of them are really hard some of them are like some of them are tricky now and i've got uh, well, it's not two full rows of hearts, but it's max hearts because I got all the shrines and stuff. But yeah, if you if you don't wear armor that prevents a lot of damage, some stuff will still just wreck you. And it's funny when you don't know when you just walk into it blind and you're like, oh, wasn't prepared for that, and in no capacity, <laughs> <laughs> physically or mentally. <laughs> yes, no, wasn't ready. Just wasn't ready. So yeah, I'm going through the bar. I'm trying to get some of the armor, and. And yes, I, I am looking it up because I look, if I don't look it up, I'm never going to get the armor. Okay. It's just plain and simple. Oh, you mean like but, as far as where it's at? Yeah, where it's at. Oh, that's yeah. All, no, no shame that, in that. That's legitimately all I'm doing. Um, but with that, with me doing that, I'm also like going to the second set of, of this armor. I found two shrines. So it's helped me get more shrines uh, right. as well. I finally found there's a shrine, sir, at the apparently at the very beginning of the game that I didn't fucking see where you learn how to throw things. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I did that shrine last night. Uh, 
45 hours into the game. <laughs> You're like, oh, this shit's easy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, throw this fireball at an enemy. Well, this is fucking easy. I can do this all day long. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing that for 50 hours. Yeah, that's that. I guess that is one thing. Some of the basic intro shrines really weren't placed properly at all. Like you, you would think that all of those would have been the ones central to the castle and lookout landing where you start off at, but some of them are just sporadically placed. And then they've got some of the hardest combat shrines that are closest to the castle. Yeah, I agree. Let's see. So, how are you loving the game on on, on top of that? Oh, dude, I have absolutely... I, if I sat here for 20 minutes, I could probably come up with one or two minor complaints because no game is going to be perfect. But... um, it, it, It's pretty close, though. I mean, it's, it's pretty damn close to perfect, in my opinion. I don't remember the last time that I was as sucked in immediately to just putting that much time into a game in the short span of time that I did. Shout out to that. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I will I will probably safely say for a one-time playthrough, it was the best experience I've ever had playing a game. I'm not going to say it's my favorite game of all time, but it was probably the single best experience going through a game. You know, I think one of the things that has elevated the playthrough for me has been the uh, talk uh forums yes oh my god link talk link talk is the greatest <laughs> oh no i'm not even talking about that I mean, that that is fantastic too i'm talking about oh. like our talk form when you when i have my headphones on it says oh right right uh, <laughs> tyler sent a message in talk forums <laughs> <laughs> that that shit was funny when whoever renamed it that i laughed hysterically oh that was tyler it wasn't me <laughs> uh but yeah i mean some great stuff in there you know we're I, I kind of compare it to when I was playing Elden Ring a lot because you had that community that was playing it all at the same time and we were all experiencing different portions of the map at different times. So uh -huh. they'd be like, I don't know, one of you, like you or Tyler would be like, dude, did you uh did you get this set or did you do this quest? And you're like, uh no, I didn't even fucking know that was right there. And we didn't know that existed. <laughs> so Lots of great things have come from just that little text group that we've had for me You're personally right. that has elevated the playthrough experience. And like right, like I said, it, it puts it up there with Elden Ring as some of my favorite gaming experiences. And like you said, maybe not my game of all my favorite game of all time, but gaming experiences, it will be one that I remember for a very, very, very long time. 100%. 100% correct. I'm trying to think are there any complaints for me personally? Um, so I, I think I mentioned to you, I mentioned this on the, the previous episode, uh, the one I did with Christian and Dan. We were talking about Diablo being a potential game of the year contender. And Final Fantasy 16 just came out. And I, I texted this to you the other night. Between those three games, as of right now, it's a toss-up. For me personally, what what is game of the year? This is probably in the lead, but I could see Final Fantasy 16 taking that over when it's all said and done, just because that story is amazing. But we'll get to that in mm -hmm. just a second. There are like Diablo, the end game. Is that gonna be what holds it back from being a potential game of the year for me? Probably, 
Um, but I don't know. But Final Fantasy 16, will a combat hold up over 50, 60 hours? Will the gameplay, uh, I mean, excuse me, will the story hold up over 50 or 60 hours? Will it be consistent? That'll be the key. This one, I think when it's all said and done, you're comparing these three games to each other. The depths is going to be what I will probably negatively look back on. So what I need for you, from you, sir, I need you to do me a solid here. I need you to convince me that the depths are worth doing and fun and good game design. Worth doing, fun, and good game design. Worth doing, 100%. Fun, not always. Game design, perfect. Okay, so the depths are the size of Hyrule, ground level. They're literally uh, the shape of the map, the exterior of the map is cut and paste. It's the same size. So it's very overwhelming because where in Hyrule you have different um, different parts of the map and different like mini kingdoms or whatever that are elementally based. You've got the water part, the thunder part, the blizzard part. The depths all look the fucking same. So it is very... It's overwhelming to sit in the darkness for that long when the map itself doesn't actually change that much and all you do is get lost. But the beauty of the depths is every single time you find a light route, you flip to your ground level map and there's a shrine there. Maybe you found it already, maybe you haven't. But that's how I found all the shrines. I just flew light route to light route, and every single time I found a new light route and I flipped in my map and I didn't have a shrine marked on it, I just pinned it and I knew I had to go back to it. Now, it might be a hidden shrine that's in a cave or whatever, or it might just be one ground level that I didn't see, but finding the shrines helps you find the light routes, and finding the light routes helps you find the shrines. And they're also interconnected story-wise, but I'm, you'll get to that. You're, you got to progress a little bit. I don't want to spoil it for you, but... There is an endless world of treasure down there. Half the armor shit you're going to find is going to be in the depths. Um, the mini bosses are a lot of fun, and you can get a lot of loot, and you can get a lot of um, weapon upgrade pieces to fuse together, and shield fusions, any anything. I mean, some of the main bosses in the story, and I won't get into which ones, because I don't know which ones you've done and which ones you haven't, do surface back up in the depths as like an undead version or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you can fight them as many times as you want. It's just, they're like any other monster. Every time there's a blood moon, they come back. So, I mean, you can literally just salvage and stockpile. Once you get to where you're just kicking all their asses, you can, you can have an endless array of weapon upgrade parts. So worth it. Yeah. 100% because there's just so much you can do and so much you can find. Like I said, it's not always fun. It actually, by the time I found the last light route, I don't think I went back for like 20 hours because I was just tired of looking at it down there. But now I've gone back a lot. I mean, it's not, I don't dread it like I did when I did that. And to be fair, I burnt myself out on it really quick because I built a hover bike and just killed all the light routes in like a two day span. Cause I was tired of being down there already. So I said, if I don't do it now, I never will. But it was a really good addition just because love it or hate it. There's just that much more ground to cover. And while the exploration is a little hollow in comparison to ground level and even the islands, because you can't really explore up that much, you're capped. 
and there's not really that many caves because it's already so dark down there anyway. Uh, it's still a lot of exploration because it's just so vast. Yeah, it, it, it's overwhelming, sir. This this game is overwhelming at times, but just how how huge it is. It is massive. <laughs> it it is legitimately one of the biggest games that I've ever played. I mean, you. Yeah. What was so funny is before the game actually came out, there was there was rumors that tears was a a play on words that it meant tears as in one two and three three tears and uh you know a lot of people were like eh, i don't know but when the game came out and you're playing it it is tears they might have crushed it <laughs> i was like well i'll be damned man i wish i was that smart and i could fucking guess a game title <laughs> like that I haven't fully, I haven't done much in the sky yet. Um, I know a lot of the, the flux constructs are up there. Uh, I've beaten a bunch of those. Uh, once you figure out how to beat them, it, it, yep. it, it becomes a little bit, it comes a lot easier, but the depths is really what has like, anytime I think about going down there, I'm like, Oh fuck. But it's also one of those things that when I'm down there, I'll lose two hours of my life, and then I will think back and say, did I really accomplish anything? Probably not. And that's kind of where where I'm at with the depths. Yes, I when I get down there, I'm, I'm quote-unquote, having fun. I'm, I'm losing track of time and whatnot, mindless fun. But am I accomplishing anything? I don't think I've really accomplished anything down there. I haven't found anything just remotely exciting as far as like gear and whatnot i know i do know that there are gear down there and there's a i don't remember what it is but there was a special armor set that was down there but i couldn't find it so i'm just i'm, I'm struggling sir i'm struggling yeah it, it it again i get it i do i was there trust me i was there that's the dips is the only portion of the entire game that I kind of had to push myself through but I don't know I would just say break away and d dick around up top for a while and just kind of forget yeah kind of forget <laughs> the existential dread of actually being down there because it's like you said earlier once you just get over it and go down there you'll spend two or three hours down there and you don't hate it while you're doing it you just don't feel like you accomplished that much after the fact so it, it's not really even for me the gameplay or animation or art style of the actual depths himself. It's just the fact that I don't want to go. I feel forced to go because I feel like it's a chore. But again, I don't really feel that way anymore. I will say getting all the light roots, roots, getting all the light roots really help because you can see obviously. And that was worth it just to, cause I mean, I'm not going to play a Zelda game like Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom and not get all the shrines anyway. So that really helped me do that without having to sit there and get down to the last 10 and then spend two and a half hours on Google just to figure out where the hell they're at, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was really, that was really cool how they did that. Kind of forces you to do both, I guess. I haven't, I have not been marking the shrines when I get the light roots. Uh, I have not been doing that. I, I need to do that for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 still kind of I'm slowly just going through the game, you know, and I have no 
no desire to go through the uh, to the main quest at this point. I'm playing it very, very similar to how my Breath of the Wild experience went, where mm-hmm. I did all the shrines and then I did the stories. Yep. But one thing I do want to talk about before we kind of close out the segment, the uh, the memories. You know, when we when we talk about how this game has improved on Breath of the Wild. You know, you had the little picture memories from Breath of the Wild, and I thought that was one of the worst parts of the entire game. If, if I don't even know if I did all of them, to be honest with you. Um, it it didn't seem like... It felt very random. Like, when you showed up to a spot, it, it felt very random. Outside of the, the story-specific ones that you would get, right. you almost had to look up every single one. Whereas this one, visually, you can see where all the glyphs are, and you can go there, mm-hmm. and you know to, oh, this is a memory. I'm, I gotta look for the 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 fucking eye or whatever. And uh, to me, it, it's just better game design this time around. And I think it's one of the biggest improvements from Breath of the Wild to this game is how they handled uh, that gameplay mechanic. And the story so far is is better than Breath of the Wild, from what I've seen. Um, I think it's easier to follow. It has more depth to it. And uh, what, what what's your opinion, sir? No, I agree with everything you just said. I think it's much it's a much a much more involved plot for sure. And I, it's a it's a really cool way to tell it because I don't. I, I'm assuming that the memory that you get to see is specific to whatever glyph you find and whatever tier you find first. But regardless of how I unlocked it, I don't even remember which order I unlocked him in. The story seemed to flow almost like it, it, even if I did skip a memory and I saw maybe the one that was three memories later, it still made sense. So being broken down that way for 12 different mini segments, I think it was written to perfection. Honestly, I don't think it really matters how you unlock it. I'm sure that there was, there's probably one or two, like the last two that they probably preset to, regardless of what order you find them in, you see these last because they kind of had to, that's how they closed it out. But some of them seem non-sequential, but kind of sequential at the same time. So it was just a really cool way to tell the story. And you could, you could go get all of them first thing and know what's going on or you can spend 80 hours doing everything else before you even unlock the first one and then you can just literally play story for the rest of your playthrough you know so it was just a really cool way to tell it i thought no i absolutely agree um and i do like the fact that you can go back and i think you can replay them right the, mm-hmm. the memories um and like you said i think that's a good point is regardless of where you where you find them at in your gameplay, it does seem to kind of make sense. Like mm-hmm. I watched, um, I watched one where Zelda gets back in that time, right? And it's one of the first ones you find. I'm assuming that's why that's the first one. Uh, and then Ganon shows up, and they don't really know who Ganon is at that point. And then. I skipped forward a couple and Ganon's fucking wrecking shit. <laughs> I was like, right. This still kind of makes sense. You know, like it's, you still follow along with it. And when you, you get like certain glyphs and it, I don't know, it's like a, like a puzzle. Like you have like the first part and a third part, you're missing the middle. 
and it, you get that middle portion and you're like, oh, fuck, dude, that's fucking awesome. And I love how uh, it connects. see what you did there. Yeah, I, I love how it, it connects like that. And just the story overall, I was not expecting it to be better than Breath of the Wild because, well, Breath of the Wild, did it even have a story? Because I don't fucking remember it. I just remember there was gloom everywhere. <laughs> that's fucking all I remember. And uh, so this one is definitely better in the fact that it is more memorable to me at this point. Yeah, no, I concur 100%. How are you doing with your building stuff? So I wanted to bring that up. I think if I had to say one of the things in the game that I have not fully explored or even gotten the most out of, it would be the building. See, yeah, people, just... people over here building fucking Optimus Prime and Gundams. I'm like, bro, my shit to hold up this fucking outpost sign looks so fucking jacked up. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a five-year-old put the shit together. Dude, some of the outposts are actually harder than you would think they would be. Like, when you first sent us that first picture, I was like, man, you really took the long road to get there, huh? Because at that point, I was literally just taking, like, one board and 45 and it up under the bottom. But you can't do that with all of them. Some of them are actually kind of tricky. But, dude, it look, yeah, it dude, look, it just looks ugly. Start, uh, start playing around with that. You'll, you'll like that a lot. I do like I've just the, started uh, making, the... I've started making just death machines where I don't have to do battle anymore. I just literally sit there and hit the button and watch it happen. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, what about uh, your, would you call it uh, freedom? Freedom. <laughs> freedom freedom has evolved. I've I've taken freedom to another level. Yes. That that uh text chain was was golden, dude. What would you name it? Freedom, Tyler. I named it Freedom. <laughs> <laughs> if I could have put the Team America theme song on that text, I would have. Yes. <laughs> I didn't figure out how to do it, but I was like, hmm, that would go really well there. <laughs> oh, uh, shit's yeah, fun I though. I, I definitely need to to explore more of that for sure. Did you look but, any uh, of that stuff up to to do that, or you just you just fucking played around with it? With the building, the auto build stuff. Yeah, I mean, I didn't look anything up. I saw a couple random things on like the talk, I guess, but it wasn't stuff that I could do even watching videos because it was people making like full blown helicopters and crap that you know I I couldn't begin to do that if I tried. So. Yeah, me neither. People are have like raining death from above. I'm like, how yeah. did y'all even how'd y'all even do that? How'd you even think of that? <laughs> I'm the telling closest you, thing. I, go ahead. I was like, I'm telling you, man, my creations are like a five year old created them. It's, yeah. I, I'll, I'll put one of those little cannons on there, the little laser beams, and it fucking hits me. <laughs> I'll put it on backwards. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, that is annoying, having to line them all up. But I'm telling you, once you if you spend like 30 minutes just making random stuff, you'd be like, oh, I kind of get it. You kind of see what parts you have to start with and how it flows and all that. It's not that bad. The closest thing I've done to making anything fly is those little – I don't know if you saw it. I don't remember if I sent it to you and Tyler or just Tyler, but it was like I took three of the 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 platforms that when you hit them, they stay, they float, you know? Wait, what? Like you can just the the platform pieces. It's literally just a square, and if you if you strike them, and then you can use your ultra hand to pick them up, they'll stay like they'll float, and you can use them to ascend through or just lift yourself up or whatever. 
I have not done that. Oh, you'll you'll get there. Hmm. Yeah, you'll get there. I, I thought I remembered those being pretty early. My bad. I mean, yeah, it. I just I took a couple of those and glued them together, and then strapped rockets to them to make it launch up. And I just flew it clean over the top of a high knox. And I had cannons and lasers and shit on it. And when they started levitating, I was literally on top of him, and it killed him in like two seconds. What's a lot of cool crap? You uh, the Ghidorahs? Have you have you fought those? The three headed dragons? Oh, the Gleox? Sure, Ghidorahs. <laughs> Why am I blanking on the word Ghidorah? Godzilla. Oh, okay, got it. Yes, yeah, sure. Yeah. Fall. It's so funny because you and I have already had this discussion. <laughs> well, I don't even remember. Sorry. And you and you said the exact same thing. I don't understand your reference. <laughs> okay, that sounds like me. Honestly, you'll probably explain it to me next time we talk about them. <laughs> yeah, but, but uh, fuck those guys. Yeah, they're rough. They're rough. You can't kill those with one death machine. You still have to fight those. I almost well actually. No, I pretty much did kill one of them. I did accidentally find the king one, though, and he was a real bitch. Ooh. You know, he's got the three heads, and he's got one fire, one thunder, and one blizzard. That was a fun fight. Whenever oh, wow. you get ready, I'll tell you where he's at whenever you t want me to, and you can go experience that shit. You have to do it eventually <laughs> for a quest anyway, but real yeah. tough. <laughs> I uh, I fought the one in the uh, the north the northeast uh the the snow area mm -hmm. and uh dude i'm telling you i had him with a cunt hair of of dying and he fucking just just murdered me and i went back to do it again i was like huh, i got you this time bitch mm -hmm. uh, let me tell you i lasted all of 10 seconds <laughs> shout out yeah and i said yeah. i'm good <laughs> you know it's kind of like like you know when you when you threaten like a bully at school, you're like, dude, I'm gonna fucking go kick this dude's ass. For once in my life, I'm gonna go kick his ass, and then he actually kicks your ass, and, and you're you like, yeah, I'm good. yeah, and you just learn, I'm good, man. This is why <laughs> I get bullied. I remember now, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yes, I do. Uh, honestly, though, for that, you would be surprised the difference that upgrading your armor makes. It seems a lot more heavily weighted than it was in Breath of the Wild. Like, really? Even just the basic Hylian arm armor. It took me a while because you still have to find all kind of random crap to do it. But when I maxed out just the basic set of armor, dude, Lynels were hitting me. And it was only taking off like two, maybe three hearts a time at a time. So. Fucking Lynels. Swear to God. Two experiences I, with the Lynels so far, man. One, I, I fell into the Coliseum. And I was like, let, let me just let me just scope them out, man, because. I, I had that dude on the ropes in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> he fucking just killed me. I, I got to see what he's up to over there. So I fell straight in, and I'm like, what's going on here? And there's a fucking Ghidorah in there. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> they swapped it on me. The old bait and switch. Yes. And then the dude, because he was a lightning one, so he hit me from like a mile away. I was like, you fucking dick. And then the Lionel... It was near the beach. I think it was in near Hatino, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. I didn't realize who it, it was. My first Lionel that I had experienced in the game so far, and I just somehow I ended up almost near him without recognizing that it was him, and I could not get away from him. Every time it auto saved, I was right there next to him. Oh no! <laughs> so when I died, 
I I respawned right next to him. So I could not run away fast enough. I was like, you fucking asshole. That is a real dick. <laughs> yeah. So it, it took me about 10 tries to, to get my, my shit away from him. That's honestly kind of funny, though. The game's like, <laughs> yeah, is. you get to camp right here, buddy. <laughs> I, yeah, I man. too... I know I dove headfirst into the Coliseum when I first saw it on the map. Had no idea what was down there. I was pretty leveled up at the time, like I'd already been playing for a while. But he beat the dog piss out of me because it was the first time I tried to fight a Gliok. And I was like, well, all right, fine. Not going back there anytime soon. So I get away, and at like an hour later, I just happened upon this random series of quests. And when I finished the quest, I got a lightning-proof helmet. So I was like, okay, motherfucker. I still remember you. <laughs> it's still fresh. I had to go back and claim my vengeance. <laughs> right? <laughs> Spank that ass that time. Freedom is coming for you all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That I, was... I, I did find the fairies, finally. And I got the, I got the, I got all those quests knocked out. So I have all the fairies unlocked. God damn miserable. it, if I never have to do those quests ever again, mm -hmm. because fuck those yeah. guys. Yeah, those were a miserable set of quests, for sure. Funny, <laughs> right. but miserable. Alright, y'all come over here. Oh my god, you're shaking the cart! <laughs> <laughs> this is too much! I'm like, you fucking bitch, stop! Dude, I put him on a plane, and then just flew it at a mountain and bailed off the side of it. I was like, screw you guys, I'm done with this. <laughs> Dude, the funniest, the funniest moment that I have had in the entire game, and I, I legit had to put it down because I was just like, this is so fucking stupid, but it's so fucking awesome. And I sent you, the, I sent y'all the picture of oh, yeah. me looking into the sunset with the, uh, the Korok <laughs> flying. <laughs> so in the game, guys, I, I may have already mentioned on the podcast before. I, I don't even remember. You you have to carry these Koroks to their to their friends, and it shows you where their friends are, and it's it's a little camp out and whatnot. And he was down like this huge mountain, and I was like, "Fuck that! I'm not carrying this dude all the way down that mountain. I'm gonna put him <laughs> on a little plane." And I put him on it, and then I got on it, and I hit it for it to go. And for whatever reason, I don't know if it, if I actually hit the trigger or what the case was, I fell off the fucking plane. And you just see my Korok flying off the cliff <laughs> into the distance. I'm like, oh, fuck. I need him. <laughs> it, it makes it even more inhumane because you have to glue the Korok to the device. <laughs> they won't just sit on it. So you have to literally stick them to it. So, oh, God, I was laughing when I looked at that picture. I was like, oh, that seems right. The Korok and, torture on the Internet is one of my favorite things about this game, to be oh, honest dude, with you. Shit's so funny. Yes. Have you seen the people making submarines and sinking them now? Since I was like inadvertently one of those people. <laughs> but oh, the best part fantastic. is like 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 a majority of the game that I played up to that point, you wouldn't have to worry about it. Okay, but the thing is, he off this cliff is a vast ocean. <laughs> and I'm like, well fuck, how am I gonna get him now? <laughs> you don't. <laughs> I, I eventually got him, but it, it took me a few minutes. <laughs> did you actually so have to go out into the water and pick him up, or did he just like respawn yes. back in his? Oh no, he stays yes. there, huh? Yes, he doesn't respawn. Oh, that sucks. It's funny <laughs> but though. So, but what's so funny is I went down to his his little friend, and he's like, <laughs> the best part is 
where's where's my buddy where did he go i'm like bro i don't <laughs> fucking know <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> that is a good question <laughs> oh that is what fantastic i i don't know man i haven't seen him <laughs> i think honestly though like stuff like that is why it's so good to me because dude you just never run out of random stuff to do exactly you know like i mean there are just hundreds of different things you can do to just waste time when you get bored with whatever you're doing i mean i said 120 hour game to before we even started playing it and that's that seems like child's play i mean you're probably looking at 200 hours at least yeah no no at, at least you could definitely like i said i'm at 130 now and after you complete the game and you go back to the previous save it, it just it doesn't add anything like spoiler worthy but it lets you know like your progression on certain things like it's got my map progression and you can actually see the number of total quests versus how many you've done and all that and dude i still have oh. like 80 side quests to go and i'm oh, 130 yeah. hours into the game Jeez. now 20 of them are just stuff that i randomly talked to people and set off and didn't feel like doing but that means that there's still 60 something that i haven't even found yet you know that's fucking crazy. It really so much, is. So much time. So much game to play, so little time to play. You're right. All right, sir. <laughs> Let's move on to Final Fantasy 16. I briefly mentioned it in the uh, the previous episode with Dan and Christian. I wanted to say this all for you. I played the demo before the game came out. The progress does carry over into the main game. And that game, that demo is probably about two hours long. It's it's uh, basically the prologue. And let me tell you, I was a dick writer for fan, Final Fantasy 16 uh, for those first two hours. And I don't know, how how far into the game are you, hour-wise? Probably about six. Okay, so you're you're further than me. Six to six. My, you know, my PlayStation says six. It feels like ten. Like, I feel like I've played a lot of it, but I guess mm-hmm. six. That's fair. So... I was hyping this game up to you beforehand for a lot of different reasons. Yes. It, if I had to say, I'm, I'm not going to say it's better than Final Fantasy X because honestly, that might be, a, I don't know if Final Fantasy game is ever going to overtake that just because of our deep dive series into it and the, uh, the story and all that stuff that came with it. That's one of the, my favorite gaming experiences happened on, on ten. And by the way, y'all can go check out that episode. It's not there's not a video version of it yet, uh, but y'all click the link below, and that'll send you to our uh, Spotify or our uh, audio only version of the podcast. And just look for the deep dive into that. That's how many hours was that? Do you remember six, six or seven? Six, six or seven. Yeah, I think it wound up being longer than the Xenoblade one, right? Pretty it sure was it was longer. like six and a half. Yeah, uh, we deep dive into that game. We talk about the story. Uh, we go the entire game and we fucking talk about it as we played it. So y'all go check that out. It's legitimately like, I love Xenoblade Chronicles too. And I don't know. I I, I got to redo my top 10. Like, I, I don't know if Xenoblade two is over is like, I like it more than final fantasy 10, but that gaming experience of 10 mm-hmm. was probably better than what we did with two personally uh just because you got me to like the game after i was like eh, not so much 
when I first played it. And you can you can like the game or not. I got you to admit that Blitzball wasn't terrible. That was my only goal anyway. So <laughs> right, <laughs> <laughs> the shit was fun. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah, guys, please check that out. We're very proud of it. That shit was so much fun. It was. Which, by the way, we are doing a deep dive into the Bioshock trilogy coming up. And then I pulled executive powers and I fucking told Chris we are doing the Arkham trilogy when it fucking arrives on the Nintendo Switch because I need to play through all three of those games uh, simultaneously. But we will talk about that in just a little bit, guys. Y'all just hold that thought. But anyways, (laughs) back to what I was originally saying. Final Fantasy 16, I hyped it up a lot. It has the potential to be my favorite through the first three hours. The potential is there. I love the combat, the gameplay. The story is really what, uh, and to quote a philosopher named Chris Norman, really sucked me in. Thank you, sir. But, uh, the story is is absolutely incredible so far. And again, no spoilers for, for story moments or anything like that. So what do you think of your first six, seven hours of this game, sir? It's incredible. Um, And, you know, aesthetically, I'm going to be biased because it's the first actual PlayStation 5 game that I've played on my PlayStation. So I've just, I've never seen graphics like this before. Um, They're they're phenomenal. My God, are they good. Yes. Um, The story seems, I mean, it took me about 10 minutes to already know, like, yeah, this is going to be the shit. Like, I mean, this this game is going to be so good. Uh, the gameplay, just at face value, I was biased against it at first because the game is called Final Fantasy. So I just wasn't, you know, I had to get over that slump of, all right, gaming has evolved, so I need to as well when I first started it. But honestly, it flows really well. Um, Especially with a little bit of practice. it's I got no complaints. It's a lot of fun. Like I said, um... It's got a long ways to go. I don't, again, coming from me, nothing's ever going to beat Final Fantasy. I mean, it's not, or 10, it's just not, it's not just that it's my favorite Final Fantasy game, it's my favorite game. So, I don't think this one's going to surpass it. It's probably going to be right behind it in terms of Final Fantasy, though. I still like 12 more. You like 12 better than this right now? I really like 12, man. Like, I really like 12 a lot. Now, that's I put 65 hours into 12. I've put six into this one. So, that's fair. I mean, <laughs> you know, but it has the potential to probably be number two. I, I can't, I can't say enough how good it looks. Honestly, I mean, I, I truthfully can't stress that enough. It looks so good. The cutscenes are phenomenal. Yep. There's a no spoilers. There, there is a fight that happens, and Chris will know what I'm talking about. And it's it's before the pro. You can play this on the demo. This fight, and it's how the demo ends, and the fight is just so fucking awesome. Not only the cinematics, but graphically how it looks, and and all that is just. It's just pristine. It is legitimately, if you had a category for best looking games, put this right in that fucking category. Yeah, the visuals are just so good. I can't. It even... may not look as like lifelike 
as like a Last of Us 2, which I think is probably the best looking game of all time. This has its own unique art style. Obviously, it's a JRPG and it's Final Fantasy. But in terms of just the crispness of the visuals and how just out everything looks, it you could put it in that category with best looking games of all time. 100%. Especially for what I've played, you've been you have you've played a lot more next gen games than I have, but this is definitely the best looking game I've ever played. Because <laughs> little bias there. <laughs> now, one thing that I do want to talk about, and I mentioned this to you, and I said you need to pay attention to this. The soundtrack. Yeah, bro, bro. I'm not here to say it's the best soundtrack of all time. It's in that fucking conversation though. With and that's and that's just playing with uh that the handful of hours that I've played. I think they do a such a great job of of making those cinematic scenes feel more hype than they actually are. Like, don't get me wrong, the scenes are hype. The the cinematic scenes, the fights and all that are fucking pristine. But the added element of the soundtrack to that just you're like, come on, man. Let me let me fight him. Let me fight him. Let me let me get at him. <laughs> like it fucking gets yeah. you pumped, man. The 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 soundtrack is so fucking good. It's up there with, I mean, any of the Dark Souls games, uh, Bloodborne. It's up there with Xenoblade Two. Uh, those are just some of my favorite soundtracks of all time. And I think shit, it it has the potential to be one of the best soundtracks, if not the best, when it's all said and done. It, it's really 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 great. So if you're out there and you're you're about to play Final Fantasy 16 or you are playing right now, highly recommend paying attention to that soundtrack and and see if it it jabs your jellies a little bit. I agree 100%. The battle themes are great. The battle themes are phenomenal, but I think even more so than those the stagnant music when there's not much going on in the background is I actually like that just as much if not more. Yep. I mean I've heard the they've had they've already played something that, like Two notes off of the Besaid theme and the Kilika theme, so it's almost like they're trying to either call back Final Fantasy X or foreshadow something coming with Final Fantasy X in the future. I don't know because Final Fantasy will do that; they will repeat soundtracks to announce remakes and stuff. They did it with Fifteen for Ooh. Seven, so that'd be fucking cool. Yeah, it would be one hundred percent would be. Tyler I'm, and I were actually talking about that the other day. I'm calling it right now. I, I didn't even think about them remaking Ten. If they remake 10, we will have to fucking do a a extra segment to our fucking deep dive series where we revisit that and, and shit like that. That'd be that'd be fucking fun. Compare it. I mean, I I assumed. Yes, I assumed we would. <laughs> you don't have to ask <laughs> me, sir. <laughs> right. I just You I were figured. gonna do it whether you wanted to or not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, let's but, get it. You know, just just the still frame music. I just love it. The soundtrack is really good. You were absolutely correct in that. So let's dive a little bit deeper into into this game before we move on into the uh, Nintendo Direct. Um, you play as Clive Rossfield. He's the eldest prince of the kingdom of Rosario, and he's protector of his brother Joshua, who is the dominant of of Phoenix. There's a lot of there's a lot of lore there and and shit like that. Keep I'm going. Not, I'm, Sorry, keep going with the backstory for a second. So. We have all this stuff with Dominant and the Icons. The Icons are like your usual summons from the previous games. 
And then we have dominants, which are the special humans who can kind of tap into that power and even transform into them. And that's where we kind of get some of the uh, the dope battle cinematics and and whatnot. So I, I do like the fact that they they have changed the summons into these icons and, and made it feel special to the actual to the specific game. So I, I do like that aspect of that that added gameplay. It's a it's a small little change, so I wouldn't say that it's something just groundbreaking or anything like that. But it, it does feel different and unique to this game. One of the best things that has happened in this game, and that's outside of all the shit that I've said that is uh you know fantastic about it. Active time lore, and that's really where I want to. This and the the combat is really where I want to to spend a lot of our time discussing. Active time lore, like I said, is one of the best things that has ever happened in a game. Period, and it should happen in just about every single open world game from here on here on out. Like you know how Breath of the Wild, there's you can see in games nowadays. I say nowadays that shit came out what five years ago, six seven years ago. But there's a lot of Breath of the Wild influences in a lot of open world games now. You know, Horizon and then just some of the little rinky-dink open world games throughout. This needs to be one of those mechanics that carries over into other games. So essentially, you're watching a cutscene. You can push down on your uh, center map button, whatever, and it'll pop up six things or four things, something like that. And you can go in there and read about specific characters that are on the specific scene, you can read about uh, the region that you're in, uh, specific like armies or battles that are going on. You can dive into that and really understand what's going on because there's one character, I'm not going to spoil anything, but in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is, this is obviously a Game of Thrones inspired story and game. Sure. 100% through. <laughs> So I know that th this character, she looks shady. He or she looks shady. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's going to be something that I catch on to eventually. And the lore changes as their allegiances change. So it's not like when you click on this character, that's going to be the same lore that you get throughout the entire game. No, that shit updates and it changes as you play it, which I think is incredible. And it it brings you back to that mechanic more than just, okay, I looked at Clive and that's really, I never had to look at his thing again. No, you, you can go back and check that shit out multiple times and it will give you different uh, info each time. So what, what right. is your experience with it, sir? So I completely ignored it for a little bit after they showed me that I could do it. I was like, ah, that's kind of cool, I mm -hmm. guess. And, but as the story deepens, you're right. It's, the idea behind the backstory and the plot, they took a lot from Game of Thrones with, but it's about as deep as Game of Thrones was. So it's just a lot of information. So now it's evolved to the point that whenever I walk into an area where I know a big cutscene's coming, or whenever I finish a certain battle or whatever, and I know there's going to be a cutscene after that, before the scene even kicks off, as soon as the screen changes, I hit the button and read up so that I can get refreshed on everything I'm supposed to remember. And it just, it, it's, you wouldn't think that something like that would make that big of a difference, but it truly does. I mean, 
it's I, I don't I don't watch a cutscene without doing it to see at least if any and sometimes it, they're so close together that it's the same five or six things from the last one or whatever. But for the most part, it's a whole new set most of the time. Or at the and very least, the character profiles have been updated, like you said with Clive. And it keeps track of it, like the mm-hmm. ones that you you clicked on and whatnot, because you end up getting like a like a compendium or, or something like that where. It keeps track of all the lore. You can go back and look at specific characters that you've met and and shit like. I, I literally just unlocked that, so I haven't had a chance to really dive into it. So just that aspect that you can go back and just. To me, that was one. I don't remember if I even mentioned this when I was talking to you about like Horizon Forbidden West. It got to the point where I had spent so much time not doing story missions that I kind of forgot what it was. Like The Witcher Three, The Witcher Three right. is a. Is a is a very very good example of this, where yep. you are fucking off and finding out around around the world, and at some point you're like, what is this game even fucking about anymore? Like <laughs> I'm just I'm just going quest to quest. I don't even know what the story's about, the the main story, and that was one of the issues that I had with Forbidden West was I was doing so much other shit that I kind of just forgot a lot of the a big chunk of the story. This seems like the answer to that. And we need this in every single game from here on forward. Yes, definitely any lore-based game, for sure. It would have been so helpful in The Witcher specifically, now that you say that. That would have been very nice. But I agree. I like it. It's something that should stick around. Again, I ignored it for like an hour after they told me I could do it. But then I was like, like, I remember that dude. I don't remember what I'm supposed to remember about that dude. So that's when I remembered that I could do that and haven't stopped since. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, we'll talk about the uh, we'll talk about the combat for a second. I know you said it it kind of turns you off a little bit. Me, I don't. The the thing about Final Fantasy now, I played ten, twelve, and I played seven remake, and then now this one. So I I'm not here sitting and saying that I played every single Final Fantasy game. I've only played four up to this point. To me, I enjoy the fact that every game is different mm-hmm. with the combat. 10 was turn-based. Uh, 12 was just like this auto-battle kind of thing, and you just set up the... Uh, what was what, what were they called? You set up the... Uh... I forgot the word. Fuck. Yeah, you, that's going to aggravate the crap you, out of me now. <laughs> you, you basically pre-plan for the fight, and you have set, you have set uh, actions mm-hmm. for that character. And then seven remake was kind of like a Devil May Cry action action game with the combat, and this one is kind of uh, it, it goes a little bit further than that. It feels like an anime almost. It feels like like I'm in the middle of a Dragon Ball Z game, basically, because you can quick dash and then dodge, and then you can use uh, you know combos with uh, your sword fights with your magic and and stuff like that. And then you tackle you tack on your uh, icon abilities on top of that. The one thing, and it's not even a complaint, it's just the fact that I keep fucking it up. That is the quick dash and the dodge. I keep getting them confused because I'm so used to circle being uh, dodge. Yep. <laughs> so uh, instead of dodging, I'm dashing into them, and I keep fucking losing like a quarter of a Going nose like, first into the attack. <laughs> yes. So it, yeah. it's fucking me up. It's fucking me up. Especially when I'm not playing it consistently. I can't get that uh, that rhythm down. But now that you've played 10 hours, you, you think, or seven, seven, whatever, how many hours you played, 
you do you like it? Oh no, I love it. Don't get me wrong. It, it's a fun combat system. It's just such such a giant change from what I'm used to. And, you know, like you said, every game has different variations of it. Even the jump from 10 to 10-2 had a pretty big shift in how the combat played out. So it's just that, for me, it's such an exponential shift into just a straight action RPG that at first I was like, mm, I don't like that. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to like that. But that was just resistance to change. But it's fun. Like, it's a lot of fun, and I absolutely love it now. I got I got no complaints at all. Uh, so, um... Let's see here. Some just some some random things I want to mention before we move on to the Nintendo Direct. Uh, you do get when you're playing the game, you're worrying about like difficulty and shit like that. You do get like these little five rings that you can equip, and it does make the the game easier. So I do like that little gameplay mechanic. Speaking of difficulty, you gotta beat Final Fantasy difficulty. It's a New Game Plus difficulty in order to get the platinum. So I was telling Chris the other day. I think I'm going to go through it and just equip these rings and just fucking because it it makes the game more difficult once you hit new game plus. So I'm thinking about just doing that and just breezing through because you can skip all the cutscenes and just breezing through everything trying to get that platinum. Uh, we'll, we'll see on that. We'll see how I feel about it because I got Diablo 4 waiting, waiting for me. At the same time, though, I mean, if you I, again, I don't know how long the game is. It gives me my percentage where I'm at, but. I don't know if if the if the cutscene to actual gameplay ratio continues the way that it seems to have for my six or seven hours, it might take ten hours to skip all the cutscenes and go back through and play it again. Maybe twelve, yeah. you know. So I'll probably do it too. And like, I mean, I'm enjoying the fuck out of the game. So right <laughs> on the on the side note, it's like, do I really want to skip these cutscenes? <laughs> it may be one of those things. I'm like, okay. I know this fucking awesome cutscene's about to happen. I'm gonna watch this shit. Probably. <laughs> but yeah, you're looking at fifty plus hours, fifty, seventy hours, somewhere somewhere around there. Uh you do have like a stagger meter that you have to break with the uh with the enemies, and then you can start wailing on them basically. Um you do have some quick time events with like more cinematic flair. Uh, there's an evasion style, then there's like attack style, which I think is pretty cool. And it does add that cinematic flair to it. And it almost kind of like feels like it's a movie. And I, I mm -hmm. really, really, I really love that. The RPG elements of it and the abilities um, so far feel a little lackluster. And that seems to be a general complaint of the game that I've seen online is. You, you don't, it doesn't feel like I can make this character my own. It feels like the game has these small sets of abilities and basically you just, it, it just guides you through it. it. It makes you have the character that they want you to have, it, it feels like. And like I said, that's early on. I don't know if that changes. But I do know that, I do know that's a general complaint on social media and shit like that. What about you? Hmm. Um, I mean, I I recognize that, but I don't really necessarily view it as a complaint. I mean, if they designed the game to be played by this character and his set of abilities, then I got no issue with them kind of forcing me to do that. I mean, you can, not to spoil anything, but it's not just three abilities. I mean, you obviously develop the character, and later on, you will have a wide enough array 
of various things at your disposal that you can kind of cultivate your own play style with the character. But I have no problem with the character being the same overall. You know, it doesn't really bother me. That's fair. Like I said, it's not something that I would say, like, when I go to score this game after I'm fucking finished with it. Right. It's not going to be that something that says, okay, well, this game is not a 10 because of these RPG elements. <laughs> yeah, but that's it, fair. I mainly just wanted to point it out for, for everybody else out there. Uh, if you're If you're trying to determine whether or not you want to buy this game based on our discussion or whatnot, um, so I just wanted to be transparent. It, I wouldn't say that I I dislike it or like it. It's just, it's just there, and I'm kind of just playing it how they want me it to. It is a it is cool. a thing. <laughs> it is a thing in the game for sure. <laughs> All right, Nintendo Direct time, sir. Dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know the Xbox Showcase was probably the best out of the out of the three. Yeah. Uh, that's not saying much because there was not a whole lot of games there either. I have to get caught up on that. I haven't watched it yet either. I watched this direct in one playthrough, and then I was like, you know what? I'm good. Don't need to watch it again. Got my three games. So uh... <laughs> Now, uh, I'm going to cover – first off, I'm just going to mention some games that – not necessarily the games that I'm interested in, but these are games that I just – I felt like – the general audience would right. appreciate knowing about, right? So, Detective Pikachu Returns. I'm gonna mention that just because that is a huge that has a huge following. That series, staple, one hundred percent. October sixth of this year, it dives into the origins of Detective Pikachu and allows players to solve numerous mysteries across Rhyme City. Um, gonna try not to say anything negatively about this game because it looks like a fucking N64 game. But that's all I'm going to say negatively <laughs> about it, okay? <laughs> Straight up looks like an N64 game. And I, I saw the visuals. I'm trying so hard. I'm trying so hard. And I'm fighting the urge. It looks like doo-doo, man. It looks like fucking dog shit. I wish the fucking Pokemon games would just become better. <laughs> and I want them to be better, and they're just not fucking doing it. They need. To, I, I know y'all are watching and listening to this podcast. Fucking make them better. You know, they're just. They seem to be going for the quantity over quality approach, and uh, doesn't always work. Yes, it's just I did not like the, the. Honestly, I was when I saw there was a Detective Pikachu Returns game. I was like, I might uh, I might check this out because a lot of people, a lot of people love that first game, and I was like, this is gonna be on the Switch. This is gonna be fucking fantastic, right? And I look at it, and I'm like, bro, am I in, like, fucking the year 1999? This is poop. <laughs> <laughs> this this looks like fucking Super Mario Brothers 64. <laughs> this looks like dog shit. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't that excited about it. Not going to lie. The idea of it was kind of cool, like you said, but what was got about 30 seconds into that trailer, and I just, just hit the, you know, skip, skip yep. on to the next one. Uh, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. Oh, I know you're excited about that. Hard fucking pass. And I'm not even telling my kids about this game that they, <laughs> they want to fuck me, me to buy this shit. Uh, it's a remaster of a 3DS game. Um, I hated the, the the last one that came out. Hard pass. One, no part of it. The worst controls of any game that I've ever played. So day one. That's what I'm hearing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Day one. <laughs> Charge me extra for this shit. 
I that's will pay I you it. twice. <laughs> um, and that's really all the other bigger games that I, I didn't have a I'm Super Mario RPG. I probably won't play it, but it's a lot of people love that game. It's a remake coming uh, November 17th, and it has like RPG elements, hence the fucking name. Uh, it has turn-based combat and, and shit like that. I don't know. It, it looks like, and I could be completely wrong here. I don't know if you've ever played the original game. I haven't. I have it, not. It feels like a Super Mario Brothers game for kids. Like an RPG for kids. Yeah. The way it looks, the, the got way those vibes. It, the combat looks and shit like that. Um, that's the vibes that I get. And I'm not saying as a 32-year-old guy that <laughs> I can't play kids' games, but I uh, probably won't play this kid's game. No, I agree. I mean, the turn-based combat aspect sounds kind of cool for a Mario World game. But at the same time, I mean, your your options are, I have to imagine, going to be like attack and item. You know, I, I can't imagine it's going to be a, a seven-level deep turn-based combat series. So I'm just not really, I'm good. I'm good. It, it didn't look terrible. Like you said, it's just not something I'm probably going to spend the $60 on that they're going to guarantee I spend to play it. So Exactly. I'm not that interested in it. All right, now let's talk about some of the games that we uh, that we like, sir. So you want to go just back and forth? Sure. I'll let you go first. All right. Um, let's see. What's a good one to start with? I'll save my best one for last. Uh, Myth Force looked pretty good. Myth Force looked pretty good. First person roguelite with '90s style animation. Looks like um, the way the trailer described it was play a Saturday morning cartoon. And honestly, that's what shit looked like. Looked pretty sweet. Thundercats and He-Man, sir. That's what it looked yeah, like to me. Sure did. <clears throat> Interested yeah, in that one. It's like a it's like a roguelike dungeon crawler. And uh yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out when it I think I think I if I remember correctly, it was gonna be eighteen dollars on the store. Pretty sure. Yeah, I think that. Um so yeah, that, that's definitely one of the games that that I'm looking forward to too. It, I think the visuals and the the art style of it is really what what drew me in because we don't get mm-hmm. kind of games like that. It, it reminded me of like a mm-hmm. fantasy version. Well, it, the animation reminded me of kind of like that Haven game that I played earlier this year. Which Not quite as colorful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do need to play that real bad. I, I bought it. It's it's on the backlog. <laughs> it's there nice. for me to play. Yes, at some point, please do. You will like it. All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and get the uh, the big one out the way just because I mentioned it earlier, and that is the Batman Arkham Trilogy, the uh, next set of deep dive games that we will dive into after Bioshock. I have been waiting for this series to get <laughs> on the Switch. It was this series and then Dark Souls 2 and 3 are the, are the main ones that I want ported at this point. Yeah, I'm excited about that too, obviously, because... Well, I had no, you had told me before when you said you wanted to deep dive it, but I, for whatever reason, going through three different generations of Xboxes, never played any of those games. So I'm happy. It'll be something new. Which is crazy to me that now the graphics did look muddied. Obviously, they're going to have to dumb it down for, for the Switch. <clears throat> but what's crazy to me is 
if they can do Arkham Knight for the Switch, then they should be able to do a lot of other games for the Switch as well. Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3, Bloodborne. Because if I remember correctly, Arkham Knight was a next-gen only game at the time. It was Xbox 360 and Xbox One. It was a next-gen only game because of the fact that you were riding around in a Batmobile and that it needed the Xbox One uh, machine and the next-gen machines mm-hmm. to to be able to support, to, fully, it. to support it. So the fact that they can put that shit on the Switch, um, okay. Where are my, all the other games that I fucking want? Y'all, y'all need to just, just do that for me. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves, though. We, we know that they've done it. We don't know that they've done it well. That's that's fair. That's fair. But if it turns out playable, then yes, I will 100% back you up on that claim. <laughs> but it uh, arrives this fall. And like I said, guys, as soon as we're done with the Bioshock trilogy, uh, whenever this shit drops, we'll dive into that game as those, those games as well. Uh, Chris hasn't played it. This will be the first deep dive series that... I am the one that has played the games. I have not finished Arkham Knight, um, but I kind of know where the story goes with that. Uh, But I have played Arkham Asylum and City. City. I don't know, man. It it was one of my favorite games when when I originally played it. I'm curious to know if I play it again, will it, will will I put it back in my top 10? Um, it's just been so long and that got to see if it holds up, got to see if it holds up, you know, right. It'll be interesting with, with, with those first two games, uh, three, I was probably my least favorite out of the three, but, uh, it'll be interesting. Like when we go through it, if, if that holds up as well. So they're ranked just like the Christopher Nolan trilogy movies are. Exactly. Nice. (laughs) All right. I see what you did there. I like it. Oh, all right. Well, I will just shift slightly to another remake collection, and that is Metal Gear Solid. I was not super excited about this when it first got announced, but then I was because I remembered how much I freaking love those games. And I don't remember as a kid if I ever actually beat Snake Eater or not, so I'm pretty excited to start that over and just kind of go through those over time and play those again. Those games are a lot of nostalgia for me personally. I think Christian mentioned it too. He said he played them a lot. So I'm sure he's excited about that as well. But Metal Gear Solid 2 was standalone one of the best games from my childhood on my PlayStation 2. I don't I don't begin to know how many hours I just wasted playing that game doing so calm shit, but <laughs> kind of like Never you kind of kind of just want to see if it still holds up. Uh next up for me Hmm. Silent Hope. Uh, it's an action RPG. Uh, let's see here. You have procedural generated dungeons. Uh, it's a dungeon crawler. You basically, there's seven one wordless warriors trying to find a reclusive king. Uh, you gather resources in the dungeons, and then you take them back to your base. It's kind of like a base builder as well. Gave me a lot of... Uh, shit cult of the lamb vibes not not necessarily in like the aesthetics and whatnot but kind of like what you do you go um fight enemies gather resources and come back and build your base uh so it it looked it looked pretty cool yeah it did 
Um, I liked everything about it except for the fact that it's a dungeon crawler. It's got to be a really good one to keep me invested. But, yeah, the animations and the plot look pretty sweet. It's going to be weird that you're playing as seven various characters and nobody talks. I'm kind of interested to see how that plays out, but do you think they like pretty cool? Do, do you think they like? <laughs> do you think they just do that all the whole game? They just straight Zelda NPC people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh. Um. Just making sure I don't miss any before I say the one that I want more than any. Oh, Star Ocean Second Story R. Do want to mention that one? I've never played Star Ocean, but I think you can already get the first one on the Switch, and I've always wanted to go back and play it because I've literally, I've only known like seven people who have ever played it, but never heard one bad word about it. So I had initially planned later in the year to go back and play the first Star Ocean, so I'm pretty excited that the second one's already coming because I can just kind of keep on trucking through it. And it looked really good too. I didn't even, I didn't even check it out. Uh, I looked at the description of the game. I was like, eh, I'm good. <laughs> um, Let's see here. Vampire Survivors. So it's a four-player uh, co- couch co-op that comes out August 17th. Uh, basically, there's just waves of vampires, and you must survive those waves for 30 minutes. And they just become... It just becomes progressively like harder and harder with the the more vampires out there, and uh, it. Look, I, I've heard a lot of people talking about how much they love that game, and the fact that I can pretty much play it now. Uh, I'm I'm interested in it for sure. I actually don't remember that one. I hope I didn't accidentally skip it or something because it sounds like I would think it was cool, but I don't remember seeing it. The uh, trailer was all like thirty seconds. Oh, all right. Might have just might have just breezed right on past it. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Nothing else really stood out to me, with the exception of Persona 5 Tactica. We talked about this on the uh, Xbox One, and yes, it was on there for me too, sir. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Persona 5 Royal is a top five game all time for me. It might be top two. I I don't know. I haven't really thought about my top five in a while. But, and we obviously strategy rpgs mixed with persona 5 cast members i mean i i don't really as far as i'm concerned i didn't need to know anything else but i did watch what little bit of the gameplay they showed and i mean yeah just gave me that fire emblemage all over again so yeah can't wait for that so is this a spin-off would be or, my... is it a, or is it a continuation of the story or is it is a retelling of the story i wonder that's that's my i think question. it's a, i think it's just like a side spin off okay. because the persona 5 royal dlc introduced some new characters to the story but it wasn't just bonus content like royal redid the whole story of persona 5 to interject the new characters into the original story but i i tried to catch them but i didn't see any of the royal edition characters in the Tactica trailer. So I think it's just like a spin-off side quest with the original cast kind of oh. or spin-off side story, which I'm fine with. I'm still there for. Apparently the voice actors are returning, so. But yes, I'm 100% there for it as well, sir. But speaking of tactical strategy games, the one that I am probably most excited about outside of the Arkham trilogy 
Gloomhaven. Oh, yep. Knew I forgot one. <laughs> it's a tactical RPG with 17 unique mercenaries, and you have over 1,000 abilities. It is a uh, board game that you can go to the store and just fucking buy. Um, it comes out September 18th, and they're finally it's finally coming to the Switch. I don't I didn't know I don't know if this is on the on the the PlayStation Store or not. Uh, let's see, Gloomhaven PS5. Um, but basically, there's there's I think there's three editions. You can find the base game. And then you can buy like the gold edition and then the mercenaries edition. The gold edition, which is the base game, Jaws of the Lion DLC, and then the uh, solo scenarios, mercenary challenges. So basically everything in one package, and it's forty four dollars right now, uh, fifty dollars normally, and it is on the PlayStation Store by the way. For no crap, huh? Yeah, if you have PlayStation Plus, it's a uh, forty five dollars, huh? So it's, when it's does really it come? Just, when is it coming out on the Switch? Do you remember when it said? Uh, September eighteenth. Oh wait, 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 wait. This is a pre-order. Pre-order for Gloomhaven. So it it hasn't released at all. Uh, uh, mm. Oh, it's very very interesting. The <clears throat> I I like it gives me like a Dungeons and Dragons feel to it, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought it was a Dungeons and Dragons inspired board game. But apparently not. I don't know. I don't know anything about Gloomhaven. I just know the aesthetics and the the uh, the art design and all that look fucking cool. And it right pulled me in. And then the act the, the fact that it's a tactical RPG on top of that, I was like, hey, day one purchase. Well, aesthetically, it looks like it would mm. be look just phenomenal on the PlayStation. But at the same time, it seems like a game that I would want to be able to play on the go. So I'm probably going to get it on the Switch. Same. If I had to guess. But I am going right. to get it. I forgot all about that one. Yeah, it looked good. The last game, and it's the, the big announcement, the, the, the finale for the Direct, and that was Super Mario Brothers Wonder. We get a brand new 2D side-scroller Mario game, which, I mean, I, I like the 3D. I love the 3D games, but it's just nice to have a 2D game for Mario. You know, that's kind of what I grew up on. Uh, it comes out October 20th. You can play as Mario, Luigi, Toad, Princess Peach, uh, Princess Daisy, and Yoshi. And I think the game looks absolutely incredible in terms of like the uh, the art design and stuff like that. Very vibrant uh, with the colors and shit like that. Honestly, color-wise, co- just color-wise, I, I, I realize that these games I'm about to mention are not 2D games, but it, it does give me vibes of like Super Mario Galaxy. And then uh, mm-hmm. Super Mario 3D World, like a mix of that. And then what was the one? What was the one with? Um, they were on the beach. It was the, it was the water Super Mario Brothers game. It came in, it came in the it came in the the three pack with N64 Galaxy. And then what was the other one? I can't fucking remember. Was it? Wasn't paper? No, no. I have the three pack, and I still can't picture it because yeah, I only played either. the N sixty four one. But anyways, uh, it looks like that game. <laughs> uh just looks really, really great. And obviously, it's gonna be it's probably gonna be sixty, seventy bucks. I, I would assume when it comes out. Um, 
they just they just don't make games like this anymore, man. And that's why I'm kind of I guess I got a little bit of a hard on for it. You just don't see side scrolling platformers as as much as you used to. You gonna pay sixty bucks for it? For this game, I probably would. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I, I mean, didn't hate I it when I was watching it, but I was at the same time I was just like, oh yeah, cool, another Mario game. You know? It, it did look be, good though. It'll be fun to play with my kids. That's true. That is a very good point. So yeah, um, I'm definitely down for for that game. I, I'm assuming it's gonna be sixty bucks. But if I don't buy it at sixty bucks, I'll never be able to buy it because it won't ever go on sale. That's true. You Black <laughs> Friday it for fifty four ninety nine. <laughs> All of $5, really? Yes. You're right. But that is the Nintendo Direct, guys. Um, It was, eh, right up there with PlayStation. It was just, it was just some games to look at, I guess. Uh, I exaggerated when that. I said dog shit. There were some decent ones on there, but it just wasn't <laughs> as good as the last two or three Directs seemed to have been. Right. All right, weekly recommendation. Let's close out this episode, sir. What do you recommend to the fine people out there? Uh, I'm going to actually recommend an anime that Sir Christian recommended to me, and oddly enough, I watched in the last 24 hours. It's only one season so far, but the second one's coming. It's 12 episodes, completely dubbed. I believe I'm pronouncing it correctly. Seirei Gensuki Spirit. Can't read my own handwriting. <laughs> if he's not pronouncing it right, Chronicles? <laughs> Pretty sure it's Seirei. <laughs> Seirei Spirit Chronicles. That's what we'll go with. You know what would have been so funny? Is if you would have got everything else right on that and just fucked up Chronicles. <laughs> well, honestly, that's maybe what's happening because I scribbled it so tiny. Look. Right there. I can't even read it. <laughs> but I'm like 80% sure it's Chronicles. Either way, Seirei Senguki. You could find it with that. Uh, so this dude is an isekai. But it's a little bit different because he gets summoned to a world after he passes. But the body that he gets summoned to take over is already like seven years old. So he has memories of his past life and the life that this new body has lived up until now. So rather than just being himself, he kind of deals with juggling both lives at once. And it's really kind of cool to keep up with because so much crap happens in the course of 12 episodes. I was texting Christian when I was halfway through it yesterday, and I was like, dude, in five episodes, this dude's done this, 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 and this. And he's like, it only gets worse, lad. And it did. Like, But it was just – it was a really cool watch. It kind of it kind of gave me those like upbeat vibes of that time I got reincarnated as a slime, but at the same time, there's also a dark side to it, and just the plot is – really good seemingly forced but not forced at all like mm -hmm. if you read a synopsis of each episode and didn't know what was happening you would think that that is just the worst pacing i've ever seen or heard about but the way they wrote each 20 minute episode and progressed that much time over one season was just incredible i loved it you're gonna text me that name so i can remember yeah that. i will i will <laughs> i'm not gonna uh, try uh, to begin uh, to write that down <laughs> <laughs> I probably spelled it wrong and I can't read my own handwriting. So <laughs> I'll send you the photo of my history. That's what I'll do. <laughs> Sir. Not the full history. Just this one. <laughs> There's a terabyte of porn on there. Oh, yeah, yes. No, no, no. You, you get limited access. Limited access. Lindsay, I swear there's there's no porn on there. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> 
She'd probably uh, be like, what category is it? <laughs> right. Feet. <laughs> uh, I'm going to recommend the uh, the animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, not the new one, not the rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, not that one, but the one that came before that. It was uh, it was on Hulu for the longest time, and I think I think it's on Netflix, but I think I don't think the entire series is on there. I'm not 100 percent sure. I originally I bought it uh, like a year ago for mm-hmm. like 30 or 40 bucks, and 100 percent worth it. Uh, to me, it is the de facto Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle animated series. To me, um, it's got the humor. I think they did a perfect blend of that. Like you can tell that they're teenagers, and they 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 say like stupid shit, and just to me, I find it funny. So to me, it's like the perfect it's the perfect edition of an animated Ninja Turtles. Uh, you go back and watch. You know the OG Ninja Turtles. You know the ones that the one that we grew up on, and uh, I have the box set of that. But you go back and watch it now, and it's like, ooh, this this didn't really uh, this didn't re- like visually this didn't hold up very well. <laughs> <laughs> the one that I'm talking about uh, came out in 2013, I think. I could be completely wrong about that. Um, but visually, it looks great. The humor is great. The story uh, so far is is great. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna power through it and then watch it. There you go. I miss the Ninja Turtles. They're so fucking good. That movie comes out next month or in August. I'm so fucking ready for it. <laughs> but guys, that is going to be it from us. Um, thank God we didn't add a playlist to this, Chris. <laughs> yeah, we knew better. We knew better. One hundred percent. What What's so funny is we always say. Uh, we need to cut this out because it'll be a long episode. And we still make a fucking long episode, longer than what we intended it to be. Oh, it's not on us today, man. I had multiple disturbances at work, so that's my bad. Oh, I don't think so. I think it was just the the content. I, we spent a lot of time just... on Tears of the Kingdom that I was not expecting. <laughs> <laughs> Were you not? Were you I not, though? Been... <laughs> Were you, though? I could, dude, I could talk about that game for four more hours. The game is oh. so damn good. Absolutely. But guys, that's going to be it from us. Uh, Chris, I appreciate you joining me, sir. Of course, man. Thanks again. No problem. And uh, guys, if you like us and you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash two game. That is the number two. We are relaunching the podcast next month. I'm looking at a uh, relaunch date of the weekend of the 14th. I'm in it right now. I'm in the, the new studio. I just got to fucking paint this bitch. And uh get my bookshelf with all my collectibles my statues and, and shit like that so it is going to be it's gonna be great absolutely great so big things are coming from from the podcast uh starting next month but we appreciate y'all supporting us uh by clicking on this episode video you know if you're watching us on on youtube click the link below it'll send you to the audio only version and vice versa audio only people there's a link in the in the in the description to send you to the youtube and if you're watching on spotify you can watch us on Spotify. It, you can do either or on on that uh, on that app. Pretty sweet. Uh, I didn't know you could do that on Spotify. Indeed, sir. I just started doing. It. I think this will be the third episode with the uh, the video version on there. Okay. Yeah. Move moving on up in the world. Moving on up. <laughs> Congrats on the it. studio, by the way. I know you're excited. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, I just needed something visually pleasing back there, so. That was all I had for the for the moment. 
<laughs> Sounds like Pat and Water over there, sir. What's that? What's that? <laughs> Bye, guys. That's going to be it from us. We appreciate y'all joining us. We will catch y'all next week on another episode. Laters. Later, guys. <laughs>